Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody's going to pay. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And out in the night out, you're tuning in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews from professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lance. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... All right, everybody, welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Tonight we have a heck of a show lined up for you. There's some type of technical difficulties going on here. Uh, so the Wrestle Talk podcast is brought to you tonight by our sponsors Royal Mills Transportation, I 70 Sports Media, Sports Kansas City. <laughs> Sorry about this. This is Big Hoss coming at you. I'm normally behind the boards here and, uh, Something happened tonight where the Night Owl and Nightmare Jones both are out on assignment. They are meeting up with some new uh, potential guests coming up. And uh, the maestro is supposed to be here, but for some reason we can't hear him. Maestro, can you hear us? All right, well, while we work to get the maestro in here, let's go ahead and get this started off just as it always is. So let's go ahead and remove our hats and pay homage to the best darn country in America. That's America, damn it. Oh, 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 say. Brings a tear to our eye every time. Well, while we're waiting on the uh, maestro to get called in here to uh, see if we can get these problems sorted out, don't forget you can join us on uh, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. 
Feel free to give us a call, 657-383-1521, and be here live on the air with us. Oz, can you hear me? I've got you there, maestro. There we go. All right. You know what? I figured it out. I was talking to some of my team members. You want to know what caused it? What's going on, maestro? You're not going to believe this. Okay, so, folks, apparently Drake Lee, see, he's been having a lot of lawsuits and merchandising issues going on. And he, for some reason, wants to take it out on me because, you know, why is it my fault? But lo and behold him. And he's been messing with the tech technical aspects of all this because he knows that Haas is host, co-hosting with me, so he's too focused on this to do that. I can't believe it. Well, you know what you know, you what? know what the Iron Sheik has to say about that? Let's, what? let's see. Sheik, Sheik, what do you have to say about that? Fucking bullshit! <laughs> you gotta let a man live. You gotta let him live. Well, you know what, Haas? We're a few we're a few minutes in. I think it's time that everybody please rise, remove your caps, as we all actually, pay our respect. Actually, Maestro, hate to cut you off there, but we went ahead and got that taken care of uh while we were waiting on you to sort out your technical issues. What? Oh, now I'm really gonna Kick Drake's ass. I can't believe they seriously did the national anthem without me. Oh, now I'm hurt. I am so hurt. Okay, well, what else did you do while I was gone? Balance my financial uh, portfolio? No, we, we haven't gone over that yet. I, I do have a copy of that here, though. Uh, Drake kind of forwarded oh, it to man. me. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly that uh, much to find in there, but you know what? We'll take what we can get, right? <laughs> So, uh, why don't we go ahead and get into our uh, High Spot segment here. And we actually have a new intro for our High Spot segment tonight. This is an intro. That we do. That, this intro was made specifically for the Talk podcast by one of our guests tonight, Titan, otherwise known as DJ Money. So this uh, this is exclusively for the Russell Talk podcast. We have exclusive permission to use this, so we shouldn't have any issues like we do with some of the stuff that that we've used. But let's go ahead and uh, take a listen to this new high spot segment here. Mic check, mic check. Yeah. All right, all right. Jeremy, what do 
what did you think that about that beautiful. new track? That is Holy awesome, mackerel, that, that was beautiful. That was beautiful, Haas. I mean, that was some badass stuff right there. I mean, it was about time that we had some new music, don't you think? Oh, I I agree, and you know that that just I really like that, and I really appreciate you know DJ Money coming up with that for us. So, you know that was absolutely much awesome. appreciated. So, uh, Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and uh, get us started off here in our hot spots? Alrighty, with pleasure. So, as you all know, last year they were supposed to have WrestleMania in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium. But because of the coronavirus and the pandemic and everything, that got changed. So now, it was, or last year, it was moved to the Performance Center. Well, now they're going to have WrestleMania at Raymond James Stadium. Next year, it's going to be at AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas, or in the Arlington area. And after that, WrestleMania 39, I can't believe. Man, I, I've been watching WrestleMania since WrestleMania 21, and now we're already on WrestleMania freaking 39. Anyway, WrestleMania 39, it is. Like, but WrestleMania 39, can you believe it? It's going to be at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles or in Inglewood, California. It's always like the outskirts of these major cities. It's in Arlington, not in Dallas. It's in Inglewood, not in Los Angeles. But it's close enough. It's the major cities, right? Hey, as long as we get to see wrestling, that's what counts. Exactly. I agree. And I'm not going to lie, for the longest time, I mean, I wondered what they were going to do with all that. So what are your thoughts on them announcing the next three WrestleManias in advance? Well, you know, it's good to know that they are looking forward to the future and just trying to make sure that things are solidified. But, you know, hopefully things work out the way they want them to, you know, with everything going the way it has been. Who knows when things can actually get back to normal? Yeah, that is true. Um, and honestly, you know, they're they're working on having limited fans. Hopefully, you know, three years from now, or I guess two years from now, we're going to really uh, have fans in the stadium. But uh, it's just... Yeah, it's amazing. It's not, and these are big stadiums. But at the same time, I was having a talk with uh, my friend Evan yesterday, and I really gotta give him props on this one because it's something I agree with as well. I think having it in all these big stadiums is such a big middle finger to all the small arenas that even though they can't house eighty thousand people, they still put on amazing WrestleManias. So like, okay, the first notable WrestleMania I watched was WrestleMania twenty two. That was when Triple H faced John Cena. That was when Shawn Michaels faced Vince McMahon. You know, you had the Triple Threat World Heavyweight title match. That was one of my favorite. It still is one of my favorite WrestleManias. Like Ric Flair being suplexed off the freaking ladder in the Money in the Bank match. Those were some of my favorite. That was one of my favorite WrestleManias. Still to this day. To me, it's not the size of the crowd that matters. It's the product of the wrestling. And exactly. Somebody just, and it's just because it's a big arena doesn't mean it's going to be an amazing WrestleMania. And we've seen that in some of these past few ones. So, Hoss, what do you think on this? I, I agree with you. You know, it's it's all about the product they put out, not how many people they can put in the stands. You know, you can pack 
80, 90,000 people in the stands for just about anything. But if the product isn't there, you know, it's just not going to be that great of a show and people are going to leave disgruntled and thinking, you know, well, I got gypped out of my money for that one, you know. Exactly. So, I well, agree I, I totally. Agree with and, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, and, you know, it with some of these WrestleManias coming up, I mean, we I can't predict to you what's going to happen next WrestleMania, like WrestleMania 38, 39, but I do have a prediction I want your take on for WrestleMania 40. Oh, my God. WrestleMania 40. Oh. I, you know, I'm going to be 26 in a few months, but just hearing WrestleMania 40 makes me sound old. It makes me feel old. Um, but I want your take on this. I think they're going to have WrestleMania 40, and I want the WrestleTalk podcast family to tune in on this too and give us your take. It's going to be in Las Vegas. They just built a new stadium out there for the Las Vegas Raiders, and much like SoFi Stadium, it is massive. It is an indoor stadium. I think they can pull this off. I think they'll have it in Vegas at WrestleMania 40. I'd love to have it in St. Louis or Arrowhead in Kansas City, but, you know, for some reason, they basically just said, screw us. Nevertheless, I want your take on this, Hoss. you think WrestleMania 40 will be in Vegas? Yeah, there's very good possibility I think it could be. I mean, with that new stadium out there, and, you know, I'm kind of partial to that stadium because I am a Raiders fan, you know, but... uh with that new stadium out there, it, it looks like a really nice stadium. And I think a lot of people are going to want to hold stuff there just, just because it's new, you know, not necessarily because of the location or anything, just because it's new. You know how people right. are with new stuff. And yeah. I think, I mean, no, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I think that's going to be a draw to it is the fact that, you know, it's so new and they can say, oh, we did this here for the first time. And yeah, so I could very well see that happening. Yeah, absolutely. And one more quick note on this before uh, we move on to our next topic. You know, we're talking about WrestleManias and kind of just the atmosphere they had. I mean, first off, this one, this year's WrestleMania is also going to be two nights, much like last year's. Last year, you know, we talked about the size crowd and the product of the wrestling. I actually thought WrestleMania was going to be bad last year. I didn't expect much. I really didn't think, you know, much of it. And, yeah, part of it was because it was at the Performance Center. You really, it just looked like, it was if you and I were to wrestle, like, just in a basement, you know. There was nobody, there's nobody there. But the thing of it is, they pulled off an amazing WrestleMania. There were two just outstanding cinematic matches that capped off both nights. And personally, yeah, I was not disappointed. So I don't know what they're going to do with this WrestleMania. I just know that, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for this year's WrestleMania. So, yeah. Yeah, it um, looks like they got a couple pretty good card uh, matches on the card that you know should should be decent. But then again, you never know. The decent ones sometimes. Never Goldberg. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. And, and you know, you, you talk about the uh, the talent and stuff. You know, like Goldberg and stuff like that. 
you know, one, one question I, I have is, what, what do you think of the talent that is on the roster today? Do you think there's sufficient talent there, or do you think they need to bring up new talent? I think they need to keep the talent where – I think the rosters that they have should be with their, where they're at. And like I said, those in the uh, listening audience – Feel free to comment and chime in. You know, I'm always – I'm right here listening replying to every single comment. So about the roster, this is the thing. There's been a trend, and Drake and I have talked about this in the past, with whenever they call up in mass groups, these wrestlers, what happens is it, whether it's a Vince McMahon issue – and I freaking love Vince – but what, if it's a Vince McMahon issue, a creative issue, or whatnot, it just they botch up so much. I remember when the revival was called up and Lars Sullivan was called up, Lacey Evans and EC three, freaking uh sanity. And you know, Nikki Cross is the only one of Sandy that's ever had any type of success and she's only held I think one title. Um, if her and Alexa Bliss held the women's tag team titles and that was it. So yeah, it's it's just, a, yeah, I think the rosters need to stay where they're at because if you don't know what to do with the wrestlers and, you know, male and female that you already have on the main roster, what makes you think you're going to be able to do something with when NXT comes up, when you have a new free agent signing? I mean, that, that's how I look at it. I, what do you think? Yeah, one of the things that uh, kind of brought that to my mind about the talent and everything was – you know, they were just recently talking about bringing up Damian Priest, and they actually had him there, I believe it was like a week or so ago on Friday night. They actually had him there with the intentions of bringing him up, and he was supposed to come in and be like best friends with KO, and KO actually started asking, wait a minute, this makes no sense. How is he my best friend? What do we have in common? Right. And... uh then after KO got questioned it, the next thing you know, Roman Reigns stepped in and said, uh-uh, ain't doing it. And he got nixed and, you know, he's he's staying down in NXT. And, you know, part of me, there's how many people do they really have that can stand up to the top dogs like Roman Reigns? They, I kind of see where they could use a little more top talent. Um, but you know, it is what it is. I, I don't know that there's a lot of people that are ready to come up that could be that top talent, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this is, as we move on to our next topic, I got to admit, this is something that just came out today. Uh, this involves AEW. They Now, for those that haven't tuned in lately, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson from Impact Wrestling have teamed with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega on Dynamite, and it's been this big for weeks, this big cross-promotional bullet club, if you will, uh, reunion type thing. And I bring this up because as of today, AEW is filing, or at least attempting, to trademark Too Sweet, you know, both the wording and, of course, the gesture for too sweet. And Hoss, I'll tell you, I mean, that's going to be something that's going to piss WWE off quite a bit. 
because for the longest time, especially with AJ Styles being in WWE, that was something that they loved having. If WWE doesn't have something, they're mad because they don't have it. You know, it's like a kid, you know, like a kid at a toy store. You see this kid having this toy, it's like, but I want that. And you have a fit to get that toy. So, I mean, you think, you think it's going to, you think the trademark's going to go through? Yeah, I I don't know, because like I say, it, it started back some time ago, and it, it's not something that's new, so I don't see why they should hold the trademark on it, but, you know, that's that's just my opinion. But I tell you what, let's get another guy in here real quick who who might be able to give us his take on this. Let's go ahead and bring in one of our sponsors, uh, Royal Mills Transportation. Ooh. And also the head admin for the FWWC. Let's bring in Mr. Uh-huh. Dewan Mills and see what he has to say here. Hey, Dewan, how you doing? Oh, you guys are too kind, too kind. It's been a while since I've been on the Wrestle Talk podcast, Dub TP, baby. What's going down? How you gentlemen doing tonight? The pleasure having What's you on, man. We've missed you. Life treating you well. Man, life has been, uh, <laughs> you know what, if you would have asked me that question maybe a couple years ago, <laughs> I would have said, life is spectacular and amazing. And I mean, it still is, but considering everything that's going around us, man, uh, you got to make the best of it. So I have been doing well, uh, loving the show, um, loving what you guys are doing. Wrestle Talk has been going strong for such a long time, and it's good to see some new faces, Amen. man. JP, you're doing, a killer, you're doing a killer job, man. So are you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I appreciate, I appreciate it, my it. friend. Thank you. Hell yeah. You know, we got we got some big shoes to fill here, you know, they're between the Night Owl and uh, Nightmare Jones, and they, they leave us some big shoes to fill. Mainly exactly, because of my exactly. small feet, any shoes are big shoes. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I know you guys were uh, chiming in about the too sweet gesture and the trademark and everything. I mean, I'll be real. Uh I've been a fan of wrestling for a better part of 20 years, um, you know, all the way back from the old school WWF days, uh, Shotgun Saturday Night. That shows my age. <laughs> and, <laughs> there you, you know, go. That, that, yeah, I know. That, that, that too sweet gesture, dude, has been circulated through wrestling uh, for years upon years. I seriously doubt that AEW has even the smallest or slightest of a chance locking that down because it's everywhere. I mean, it's, it, and on top of that, you're going to be trying to file lawsuits every 10 seconds. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that. Who wants all that trouble? <laughs> exactly. I agree. Yeah, man, I that's mean, that's what I'm saying. Rock on. But, yeah, uh, Bud, um, JP had mentioned that uh, I know I rarely come onto the show and uh, give you guys a holler because I'm so busy. But, yes, I am Dewan Mills, the head admin of the Boston Premier Fantasy Wrestling Group, the FWWC, that's Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. Uh, are you kind of familiar with that? You kind of hear, I know JP knows a lot about it, but, hey, man, have you heard about us and got a little bit of insight on what we let do? Me, let me tell you this. The Night Owl will not let me sleep until he brags about it. <laughs> he, he, Dude, I'll tell you something, man, just to be real quick and give you guys an update on what's going on this month. Um, it'll be, I want to say, 11 years this year, man. 11 years. 10 or 11. Honestly, That's it's been so long. It, it, 
And when we first started it, I had no idea it was going to be something like this. Uh, it was just an idea. You know, a lot of us guys that started it are, were football fans. Uh, we thought we could transfer that, you know, energy to wrestling. And here we are, man, 500-plus uh, members deep, uh, events galore. And speaking of events, uh, dude, um, as you may know, usually the WrestleTalk podcast hosts a uh, pay-per-view party four times a year for Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, where we all get together, hang out at different venues, such as Esports Bar Kansas City by my man B. Will. Um, and we just get together. Everybody comes from out of town. We hang back, uh, just kind of disconnect from our normal lives and not only enjoy the WrestleTalk podcast, we enjoy the pay-per-views, and we enjoy the FWWC. But uh, I'm pretty sure you boys have been watching the news, and unfortunately, events have been kind of frowned upon. I mean, what has it been on you guys' side of the town? I know you out of St. Louis, man. Uh, what's it been like over there with this whole pandemic going on? Um, well, let me tell you, I it's been rough. I work at a nursing home, so we've been on lockdown for a long time. So I, you know... My mom and I definitely, you know, deal with that. Um, you know, we're in the urban area as far as like the metropolitan St. Louis area, so there's a lot of uh a lot of lockdowns going on, a lot of curfews. They've closed restaurants a lot sooner. Some only do, you know, deliveries and stuff like that. So we're right. feeling it pretty rough out here, but you know what? Vaccines are coming out. We're we're just we're just fighting each day, living the best. So so we came up with this idea because it seems like the one thing that we all have in common is we're all going to be home. <laughs> Everybody's right. going to be home. <laughs> right, exactly. So we have this idea. Um, we're going to have, for the first time ever, a Skype party sponsored by the WrestleTop Podcast in the FWWC. That's right. It's going to be a Royal Rumble Skype party. Skype party. Oh, you know, man. sometimes we – Sometimes we do Zoom. Sometimes we use Skype. Uh, myself and the Night Owl thought we would utilize Skype this time. It's a little bit easier. It's free, number one. And Lord knows <laughs> free is a big deal here with everything we have going on. So that is going to be January 31st from 5 p.m. Central Time to 9 p.m. Central Time. We're going to have giveaways, prizes. We're going to have four guests that have been confirmed, uh, starting with our sponsor at Esports Bar Kansas City, B. Will. He's going to join us for the first hour. The second hour, we're going to have the Iceman. Have you ever heard of the Iceman, Ice Ice Baby, out of Metro Pro? I have. I have yes, definitely sir. heard He's the Iceman. <laughs> yes, sir. He is going to be joining us also. Um, another guy that will be joining us is Derek Smith, the owner of King Kate. Hey, man, if you ever come to Kansas City, if you ever come to Kansas City once all the dust settles, make your way to Oak Park Mall. Uh, and there's a venue on the top floor by the name of Kincaid. Dude, when I tell you this place reminds me of the old-school arcade, Aladdin's Castle, Mortal Kombat stand-up arcade games, this place is legit. It is awesome. I'm 35 years old, and Lord knows I used to take all of my mother's quarters and go to the local arcade. But Derek Smith has this place locked down. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. He is the owner of Kincaid. He'll be joining us. And also, last but not least, uh, the suplexus. The, I can't say the name right. <laughs> the, the king of suplex, the suplexus, the man himself, Kurt Gannon, will be joining us also on that Skype. And we're still working out the details. We will have that link out before the date, or should I say the day of the event. 
But mark your calendars, January p.m. to 9 p.m. Central Time, the WrestleThought Podcast and SWWC Royal Rumble Skype Party. It is completely free, doesn't cost a thing to get in, right from the comfort of your living room or couch or basement or wherever you guys are going to be watching. So what do you think about that, guy? I'm pretty sure you guys are excited. Well, you know, you're having all these guests and all these sponsors. You know, it's very tempting. Maybe, just maybe, the maestro should make an appearance. I don't know. Hey, come on in, man. I'm telling you. Come on in, brother. (laughs) Come on in. Everybody, (laughs) listen to me. Everybody is invited. And, I mean, this is kind of different. Who might have turned on a party invite? Hey, I'm saying though, man, we're gonna be promoting through the uh, through the Facebook pages, through the event pages, man, and everybody is invited. And like I said, it's a little bit different for us to do it like this, but I mean, like I said, you know, wow, <laughs> like the like the great Kansas City Chiefs proved this past Sunday, champions adjust, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and we are champions and better uh, uh, in the, the world of fantasy wrestling, and we will adjust the time. So mark your calendars. I'm not gonna take all you guys' time, but it's going to be a lit party. Hey, man, uh, it has been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. Nope, I think that's it, uh, fellas. All, All right. right. Well, thank you for well, thank you for coming pleasure on. Pleasure having you. Appreciate you guys, man. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Well, Jeremy, uh, we actually have our next guest on hold. The uh, man who Ooh. who gave us that high spot song, he is on hold. So you want to go ahead and introduce him for us? Oh, of course. Oh man, I, ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure. He is. He's been featured in wrestling promotions such as Renegade Championship Wrestling and Evolution Championship Wrestling. He's many professional wrestling fans have seen this man through the Generation Iron with former enemy to tag team partner Brent Banner. It is my pleasure. He is also a musician who has brought to us the amazing high spots intro music you had heard earlier. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, Titan. They call me a Titan with the heart of a giant. I'm dodging the stones, whatever they don't, I ain't Goliath. And even though I'm a fighter, I keep it as short off my back. Because people are greedy, but that isn't me, so why don't I ask for it back? They call me a Titan with the heart of a giant. I'm dodging the stones, whatever they don't, I ain't Goliath. And demon know I'm a fighter, I keep it as short off my back. Because people are greedy, but that isn't me, so I don't ask for it back. Give me a gun, give me a drink, give me a double shot, give me the sink, give me the crowd. Titan, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing all right. I was over here kind of vibing to that. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, look, I gotta thank you, and I know, you know, I I hate I hate speaking on behalf of others, so I'm gonna let Haas say his too. But I personally want to thank you for the awesome new show intro for the high spots. I mean, yeah, Haas, you go ahead and say yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I, I actually was thanking him when I had him in the screening room there talking to him. And, uh, you know, I, I told him I thought that was an absolutely awesome intro. I'm I'm so happy that we have that now. It, it's yeah, it has, man, absolutely. So I got to ask you, you know, we'll just kick it right off with it. Speaking about the track, tell us about how you created it. How'd you go about creating that one? 
Well, um, thanks to a producer buddy of mine that made the beat, and uh, Luke hit me up and said that you guys might be interested in having an intro, and, you know, so I kind of thought about it. I got a hold of the producer that made the beat and, and kind of stepped back and listened to it and wrote like a little freestyle to go along with the, the whole culture of the show, man, the Ric Flair chops, the backdrops, chair shots, you know, just kind of give you all a little intro to let people know what you're all about. Right on, right on. Now, for those that don't know, Titan is a return guest to the Russell Talk podcast. So, for those that may not know about you, may not have tuned in for a while, can you give us some background information on yourself? How you got into professional wrestling? Oh man, uh, like the guest that was on here before me, you know, he he was talking about the the Saturday Night Main Events and and all of that. I used to watch um, used to watch all that stuff with my grandfather when I was growing up and. Um, I had a buddy of mine who lost his battle with PTSD, and I wanted to honor him, so I figured I'd do a one-off wrestling match. I trained. I had Luke Gallows kick my ass for 25 minutes. Uh, we raised, oh, man, it was like five grand, I think. But the bug wow. hit me, and there we went. That is awesome. I mean... Haas, you got any others? You got some? I'm gonna take it over to my buddy Haas. He he does so much behind the boards that we don't give him enough chance to get you know in front of the microphone. So I, I want him to take over for a bit. Go for it, buddy. Well, you know t- tonight the uh, the interview isn't just about professional wrestling. I mean, he, this man is also DJ Money. I mean, we've already heard a little bit of the music that he's got produced here, and. Uh, He's got a new album out. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your new album? Okay. Uh, well, the, this is my, my third album. Um, I've done some mixtapes, you know, with the DJ work, but this is my third album where I am rapping and doing the lyrics and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, I, I was silent for a little over 11 years. I didn't put anything out, no mix tracks, no songs, no anything, and, um, you know, I, I lost my grandmother last year and and uh, lost my grandfather a few years ago and just the depression of it and, and things I was going through at the time, I figured, you know, it's I needed to say something on the mic, and um, so I, I did the song Bottom of the Bottle. It was supposed to be a one-off. It was supposed to be just like, okay, here's a song, here's a video, and I'm out, and um it just turned out that I had more in me, and the executive producer of the album, Doe Man, he uh, he kept pushing me, telling me, "Man, you, you need to let it all out. You're, you know, you're going to kill yourself with stress if you don't let it all out." So I just continued to to write and get everything I had to get off my chest, and so I mean, it's uh, it's it's definitely an album about battling your demons and addictions and overcoming it. And uh. Speaking of the title track, Bottom of the Bottle, we actually have a few tracks here loaded up to the board that we're going to go through tonight, and that happens to be one of them. So let's take a quick listen here to uh, Bottom of the Bottle, a little snippet of it here. I've been to the bottom of the bottle. From my soul, from a dream of 
I see the world through I check my rear view It's a drive that doesn't fit you Best believe role model Now I was never meant to Play with life Loaded guns Popping pills My soul is numb All these thoughts inside my head Wishing that the end would come Vodka straight Zan bars Barely miss the other car Know your worth Less than none So no one will miss me Hennessy Pain pills Pain kills Pain heals good you know i had said a little snippet of it but you know i just got into it and figured well let it just let it play oh i appreciate it man i appreciate it i do i do so yeah let me kick it let me kick it back to jeremy here for a little bit yeah that was i'm kind of just still vibing about that like that was awesome you know, it was interesting when he talked about like struggling with addictions and you know overcoming obstacles and everything. And it just, it just, it kind of made me think about the last week's interview with Sledge, just how much that resonated with me. But you know, Titan, I have to ask, take us through the last time. Uh, let's, I'm I'm trying to think of how to word this properly. Um, I remember when you competed at the Spectrum Slam in a victorious effort with Brent Banner and Glacier against Dynamo Pro Wrestling's tag team champions. The Arch City Mercenaries and the Wind of Destruction Makazi. So I, I completely forgot I saw that. So I wanted to kind of bring that up. And I wanted to ask you after that match, which I really loved, I, you know, I'm a fan of Glacier as well, just kind of take me through your feelings after that one. Well, um, I mean, it was that's the second time that I've, I've tagged, or I'm, I'm sorry, that we tagged Generation Iron tagged with uh, Glacier. Um, he is he is just an, an absolute pleasure to be around, pleasure to work with. Uh, I am I'm just so thankful every time that I get a chance to work with him, and um, you know, and, and very thankful to be calling him you know a, a friend of mine. Um, and uh, but I mean after that, you know, we we didn't think we were going to come out on top because I mean, like you said, you got the tag team champs. And, and Makazi, and I mean the just the reputation that that they they hold up there. We didn't think we were going to be able to to come out on top, but we did, and we uh, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards and uh, threw back some beer and 
celebrated, and I, I'm going to tell you it was pretty cool to have Glacier buy me a pitcher of beer. That, that's, uh, that's a childhood dream come true. I mean, shoot, if any wrestler would buy me a beer or any drink, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, that would be definitely something I'd remember for the rest of my life. And usually with alcohol, <laughs> you don't really remember stuff. <laughs> um, right, right. <laughs> so I got to say, since the last time we spoke, you've taken more of a role within fighting for autism as opposed to fighting in the ring. So can, can you explain that role with the listeners, the Wrestle Talk family? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I, I've been on here a few times before, and, you know, I have three boys, uh, two of which the two youngest ones are, are both considered nonverbal and, and on the spectrum. And um, it, it's a charitable organization I hold near and dear to my heart. And when I went in right before, it was actually right before the Spectrum Slam that, uh, that Dev and James or A's put together, whichever one you want to call them, um, Right before that, I got promoted to uh, vice president of U.S. operations, and and I basically just kind of help out with events if I need to. And of course, right now with the pandemic and everything, there's there's nothing we are doing uh, except for you know donations. If anybody wants to make them, they can always make them uh, to Brian Higginbotham. Um, you can reach him by getting the Facebook page or, or adding him as a friend on Facebook. Um, but, you know, we, we always reach out. We try to do things for kids on, on Christmas and do little special things for their birthdays, reaching out to, to celebrities and trying to get some video shout-outs and whatnot, just just trying to do things to, to brighten up somebody's day. That's that's really what we do. And that's wonderful. Um, and, you know, my dad drives people with, you know, all different types of conditions disabilities around and it's you know he takes great pride in it and uh he's actually busy right now but i know if he were listening uh and i know when he does tune in he'd be greatly appreciative of all the work you do to help those who suffer with who who deal with autism uh big hoss i'm uh sending it back to you buddy what you got for us yeah i tell you a lot of the stuff i've heard and, and everything it's just awesome you know, everything that you do and, you know, two people that have a special place in my heart is elderly and special needs people. So, uh, you know, it's just awesome to see anybody who helps out people like that. So, but uh, in just a few minutes here, we're going to take a look at another track from your new album, Bottom of the Bottle. We're going to listen to uh, Come So Far. Can you tell us a little bit about that track? I can. Um, so that track is is probably the most nearest and dearest to my heart uh, out of every track that I've ever done. Um, it, my wife and I, I can't sing for, for nothing, but my wife and I are actually singing the hook. And um, it's a song about my kids, just how proud of, of everything I am that they've done so far in their lives and um, trying to say it without choking up here, but it actually features my kids who were considered nonverbal. My middle one actually talks in the song twice, Um, you know, and and that's just hours and hours and hours of of working with him and and everything, but he, he actually speaks in the song twice. 
Uh, I ask him who's awesome, and he points to himself and says, awesome. And then he tells me he loves me. Um, and then uh, my youngest one, he's he's <laughs> he's like his daddy. He's a little stubborn. So every time I try to get him to say something, he would wait till the mic was off before he would say it. So I um, I basically just tickled him and got him laughing to, to get on the track. But um, it, it is very much a song dedicated to my kids. So if anything ever happens to me, that song is going to live forever and, and they can forever cherish it. It's um, everybody that's heard it with kids, whether it's their special needs or not, just a, a parent who hears it and the love that went into it and how proud every parent should be of their kids. Um, there hasn't been a dry eye that's, that's left after hearing that song. Um, you know, it's uh, everybody that's heard it has it has at least teared their eye, you know, tears in their eyes or running down their cheeks. It's um, it, like I said, it's very near and dear to my heart. Wow. <clears throat> All right. Well, Russell Talk family from his new album, Bottom of the Bottle. Here is Come So Far from DJ Money right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. And every night you lay down and you fall asleep and you dream about the stars. Seems like a thousand miles away. I'm amazed at the words that I go to. You defy every odd that's stacked against you. You do it time and time and again. They say you'll never show love, but you love being held. But that you were sent from above and doing well. Say you would never even know we exist. But I insist if you persist, I'll do anything I can to assist. Your boys have no clue what you mean to us. But progress will take time, no need to rush. I'm a better father than I was a son. Life is the game I've already won. I have the three of you and that's all I need. Your mom and I, we completely agree. We'll do whatever it takes for you to succeed. Trust me. And every night you lay down and you fall asleep.
Wow, I tell you, that song is everything you said it was and more, Ooh. man. I tell you. Well, you know, I got to ask you uh, one more question before we get into our next segment that, of course, we're gonna, we want you to stick around with. But I do got to ask you one more question because it actually came in to me. It's a special request. You ready for it? Sure. All right. This is from Devin James. Devin asks, who wins in a fight, Captain Devin James or a Titan? <laughs> Titan all day, every day. <laughs> well, you hear that, Devin? Titan all the way, every day. <laughs> he, he wanted to – I guess he wanted to hear it himself, but, I mean, obviously he will disagree. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That's all right. That's my boy. It's all good. Right. Okay, folks. It is now time – for what we like to call here at the Rough Talk Podcast, the shoot and shout segment. Now, the shoot and shout segment, it's about as simple as it can be. There's a lot of things in this world that piss us off. So the three of us are each going to get, we'll just say about a minute, maybe less, to say what's on our mind. It's completely unfiltered, uncensored. Let it loose. Now, normally they had me go first, but you know what, Big Hoss? You've not. I don't remember you doing one in the past, so I want you to kick us off with a shooting shout. Just go with what's on your mind, buddy. The floor is yours. Well, of course, before we can get into the shooting shout segment, we gotta go ahead and hit that shooting shout music. need to reintroduce the whole thing so Hoss just take it away my friend <laughs> actually I'll tell you what Jeremy uh, I'm going to allow you to start this one. okay alright I'll this one's going to hit close this one's really going to and this was one I was going to do last week technically two weeks ago but you know we were lost in such amazing interviews we didn't get you know time um so here we go for those that are listening there is a writer goes by the name of bruce mitchell bruce mitchell uh was a writer for over 30 or so years at pro wrestling torch now as you know a few weeks ago uh brody lee from uh aew and formerly luke harper in wwe tragically passed away at the age of 41 he had a non-COVID-19 related lung issue. And, you know, the whole wrestling world was sh- shaken. You know, we were shook. And it was heartbreaking. I mean, I remember the tribute show. Even my mom and I, like, we cried. We got emotional during it. But what the hell does Bruce Mitchell do? Oh, he writes this scathing article. And, and I have it right in front of me. Um, basically... He's saying AEW and Lee's family kept a very tight lid on what was going on with him and how serious his medical situation actually was. And that leaves the issue of why Brody Lee, his family, 
and AEW kept such a tight lid on information during his illness. People who have had COVID-19 have gotten lung damage that remained after the virus and left their system and then tested negatively. What Bruce Mitchell was basically saying in his TMZ bullshit article was that AEW and the family of Brody Lee were covering up with their Hershey Kiss tinfoil hats this conspiracy that the, he, Brody Lee was dealing with COVID-19, which he wasn't. You know, excuse the family for wanting a bit of fucking privacy once in a while. But no, no, we need to have your yellow journalism out there. And let me just make it perfectly clear that Bruce Mitchell no longer writes for Pro Wrestling Torch. Right after that, not only did he get removed, the article get removed, the only reason was because somebody else was able to save it on a website, and I was able to you know, track it down and research it constantly. But he deleted his Twitter account, and he was eventually fired from the website. And this is a 30-year veteran of, of writing in professional wrestling. Are you freaking kidding me? You got to have it's it's not even this is not even a what to write about what not to write about thing. This is just being a decent freaking human being. And he couldn't even be that. He had no idea how much this literally shocked the world that he passed away like this. That Brody Lee at 41 years old leaving two kids younger than 13 behind. And all he cares about is a conspiracy of something that didn't happen. Get the hell over yourself and your damn ego. It's just disgraceful. Journalism that he did gives journalists like me and so many others a bad name. And it's just deplorable. I don't wish any harm on him. I don't wish any ill will. But I don't have sympathy for him losing his job. And that's my shoot and shout segment. All right. Maybe I should have went first. You, that buddy. might be a little hard to follow. <laughs> that's what it's I was been do- You know, it's each passing week, it's honest. This is not like one of those. This is legit genuine. I cannot stress enough how much this whole thing genuinely pisses me off. That's why I was kind of wanting to save it for later. And as each week got pushed back, I was wondering, should I even say it? But it had to be said. It had to be let out. So there it is. Don't wish him any harm, but I don't have sympathy for how it ended up with his job. All right. There it is. Big Hoss, the floor is yours, my friend. What you got for us? Well, you know, actually, Jeremy, before I get into my shoot and shout, one thing I I do want to say here, um, you know, you were talking about Brody Lee and and his passing and how it rocked the wrestling community. The indie wrestling community in my area has just recently been rocked. Uh, as we have found out today that there was a passing of a indie wrestler by the name of the Atomic Dog Porkchop Johnson, who uh, he we never actually got to get him on the show, which is a shame because uh, he was a very interesting guy, and you know he was one of these guys. The second he got in the ring, he got the crowd into it, and everybody loved him. And you know he was a great guy back in the locker room as well. So. You know, to everybody who's ever worked with Pork Chop and to his family, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out with you. I know Nightmare Jones has worked with him many a times, and I know Nightmare was uh, a little upset today when he found out as well. So, uh, 
you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Amen. But, uh, but no, uh, as far as shoot and shout goes, people today that use absolutely no common sense for anything, they, they will ask you the stupidest questions. And then when you look at them and answer them, they'll, they'll look at you like, how was I supposed to know that? Yeah. Half the time it's as simple as read the sign, dumbass, you know, (laughs) and you'll get your answer. But nobody wants to use common sense anymore. And it's just a shame to see how far down people have gone. It's just ridiculous. And it's sad to see. So, you know, the way that people use no common sense is just that's my shoot and shout. I mean, I can't even really go into depth about it because it's just so so damn stupid that you know where do you even go with it (laughs) right i i love that no it's i i can resonate with that man all right titan best for last what you got no holds barred I'm going to be honest with you, man. I I kind of feel on the Brody Lee thing and, you know, it kind of took my thunder. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, man, I mean, I, I, I hate that. Um, and I'm going to go full blown, holy, you know, holy shit. So parental advisory, uh, uh all shit with, um, and I may not be welcome back after this and I love you guys and I'm sorry, but all this, political and race-driven bullshit, like we're, you know, just to use an old phrase, can we all just get along? Like we, we, we all need to just, just come together, fuck the race shit, fuck the politics shit, like, you know, help a neighbor out. Like if you see somebody struggling, help them, you know? I mean, don't, don't sit there and judge people, all that bullshit, you know? I mean, some of the nicest people I know look like, you know, they, they're, they're just the most hardened criminals in the world, you know, um, covered in tattoos, the judgmental bullshit, the, the, just all of that. Just be nice to your damn neighbors, man. You never know what somebody else is going through. You never know their backstory. You know, you, you just never know. So I, I think that anybody who judges somebody before they get to know them is a piece of shit. Amen to that. That took the words out of my mouth. I think we all kind of have the same theme for what we're going through, and that's or what we're uh, what's gotten on our mind is not a fan of stupid bullshit or despicable attitudes. (laughs) Exactly, and I'm I'm going to throw I'm going to throw one thing more out there, and and I know we're still watching and listening. you know, I, I'll I'll use I'm gonna use Devin as as an example, man. Devin's got you know he's got a lot of tattoos. Um, you know, he he walks around kind of like I do. He thinks he's smiling and giving this big grin, but we both kind of walk around like you know, fuck you, don't look at me. But we wonder why people don't talk to us. It's because we walk around with that look on our face. We think we're being nice people, but you know, we just come across that way. But you know, he 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 was completely selfless. And what he did with the Spectrum Slam and, and putting it on and dedicating all the time to it and, and getting everybody booked and everything else. But, again, if you looked at him and you didn't know him, you're going to think this guy's an asshole. And he, he's, I mean, he's kind of like me. He's an asshole, but he's our asshole. You know what I mean? But he's, he's a good oh, yeah. dude. 
and and you know I'm I'm looking forward to the second you know little spectrum slam thing that he's going to be throwing once this global bastard's over and you know um you know again man I, I'm looking forward to coming back up there to up there to Missouri and you know maybe I'm not bring uh bring a different kind of uh, club with me when I come the next time. Well, you'll be happy to know that. Uh, there is definitely going to be a next time for you on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Doesn't matter, uh, you know what what language was used in that shoot and shout segment. That is literally the most unfiltered, uncensored part of the show. That's the best part oh, about okay. it. I'll be honest with you. So no, we love having you on here, Titan. Absolutely. And yeah, plug in the the. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, the album drops February first. Every major digital outlet you can think of, from Apple Music all the way to TikTok and and everything. So, well, that well, takes my we, question. I was just about to ask you what were you, where <laughs> can we find the album? But hell, there it goes. All right, that works for right, me. And and we appreciate the advanced copy of these tracks here that that we played tonight. You know, uh, we're 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 grateful to be one of them to be able to play your tracks and. You know, it, it's just been absolutely awesome, and we thank you for being with us tonight. And once again, thank you for that great track you made, especially for us. You know, that that's just so awesome. And no uh, you guys before, have another one coming as well. I'm I'm still in the works with it, but it's going to be for the shoot and shout segment. And uh, I've got a buddy of mine who's he, he's um, a hell of a vocalist as far as like the rock uh, rage type stuff. And uh, my buddy Kevin's going to be working with me on getting you guys a shoot and shout actual theme song going with more of like like what you guys have with the heavy metal vibe to it that you guys are more than welcome to use as well. Oh, oh wow. Love. That's, that's awesome. So but before we get out of here, uh, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell us, you know, how can the Wrestle Talk family, how can they follow you on social media? Where can they find you? So on Instagram, it's uh, S. Dwayne Smith. Uh, my Facebook, it's I am – oh, crap, I forgot what my Facebook is. If you type in S. Dwayne Smith, <laughs> you should be able to find me. Um, and my YouTube as well, which is S. Dwayne Smith. And, and on YouTube, uh, I actually have the official music video to Bottom of the Bottle on there. So if you want to see the visuals that go along with it, you know, by all means, search DJ uh, Money Bottom of the Bottle, and the actual music video will come up. I think right now it's sitting at uh, 3,500 plays. Um, but it's uh, a forewarning. It is not for kids. Do not watch it with your kids. It is not that type of video. Please don't do it. That is your disclaimer. Well, I tell yeah, you, I'm definitely going to be looking it up. I'm definitely going to look it up. Comment, I'm interested man. to see it. And leave a comment, leave a like, share it. I mean, you know, the it's a, it's a suicidal awareness type video. At the end of it, it's a suicide hotline. Um, you know, like I said, this whole album is a story of overcoming the demons and the addiction and and everything. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's if I if I can save one life with what this album, what I put in this album, if I can save one life, I did everything that I wanted to do with this album. That's wonderful wow. to hear. Wow. And as a matter of fact, we're going to play another track here uh, as we go to break. And, Jeremy, why don't you go ahead and introduce that track for us? 
All right. Well, Titan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We look forward to having you on again, and you be well, okay? You guys as well. You guys as well. Stay safe. Stay safe as well. Have a wonderful evening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Titan. And heading into our break, we are going to be playing All In My Head featuring DJ Money and Dome Man from the newest album, Bottom of the Bottle. Yo, what up? Night Owl. Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. 
kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, Nightmare Jones and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalksPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. Welcome back, Wrestle Talk family, to hour number two of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And uh, I think the wrestle, I think uh, the first hour went pretty well. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, we finally figured out all of our all of our technical glitches and gizmos, and I know when we have that chance again, we're gonna knock it right out of the park. But honestly, that interview with Titan was wonderful. The music he produces is just phenomenal. I'm I'm loving the show so far. I love it every week. So I mean, what the hell am I talking about? It's been great. Well, and don't, doing don't great forget. Too. Absolutely. Oh well, I, I appreciate it. And Russell Talk family, don't forget now to uh, check out WrestleTalkPodcast.com, our website, and be sure that uh, don't forget you can call in. You can always call in and listen to us here six five seven three eight three one five two one, where you can be part of the show as well. Um, and don't forget, coming up, we have the uh, Royal Rumble Skype Party. Be sure to uh, tune into that Sunday, January 31st, 5 to 9. Special giveaways and special guests. Special guests include B. Will from Esports Bar Kansas City, one of our show sponsors. The Iceman will be joining us from 6 to 7. Rapper and owner of Ken Cade. Also a show sponsor and Retro Zone at the O Park Mall from seven to eight. Kurt Gannon will be joining from eight to nine. Also, the host of Wrestle Talk Podcast will be making appearances. And uh, for more information, check out at WrestleTalkPodcast.com or all of our social media outlets. Make sure to join on the road to WrestleMania, or if you're in uh, FWWC, we call it Universe Mania. Sunday, January thirty-first. You know, I was just thinking. You know, you bring up the Skype party, and you talk about all of us appearing. You know, I know uh, Night Owl, Nightmare Jones, and of course, I don't have any issue. I want to ask you: You think Drake's going to charge an appearance fee? That's something he's going to have to work work on with the Night Owl. You know, um, we'll we'll see what we can do about that. Uh, yeah, they're gonna have to figure that one out. I'm telling you one thing. I'll do this for for free. This was this is gonna be fun. I look forward to it. You know, usually my friends and I get together for the Royal Rumble every year. Um, we all kind of place wagers on based on what spot the Royal Rumble is and see how it goes. Um, but you know what? I mean, because of the pandemic, you know, things got to change. But I'm I'm looking forward to not only still finding a way to be with them for the Royal Rumble, but also to be a part of this big Skype party with the Wrestle Talk podcast and FWW Suite. It's going to be amazing. Okay, well, got word that uh, Brian is on hold. So, Jeremy, Ooh. let's go ahead and get our second guest introduced here. All right. Uh, oh, I'm looking forward to this one. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for our second guest of the evening, it is my pleasure and it is Hoss's pleasure to 
conduct this wonderful interview with the lead commentator for Ohio Valley Wrestling, Brian Kennison. Ladies and gentlemen, he is a big part, more than just an announcer. He is also a comedian and a podcaster and a professional wrestling personality. I know, Hoss jumped the gun, that's on me. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not wait any longer. Brian Kennison. Thanks for having me on. I uh, I don't know if I can live up to that intense music that you cut before me coming on here. That's that's pretty that's pretty heavy. It's not <laughs> often on this show that you get two music intros, so you know that when you get <laughs> two of them, you really are on top of the mountain. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm a short man, so being high up is good for me. I get a better vantage. Hey, man, I, I'm five five. <laughs> I'm right there with you. So it is A-OK with me. Um, so like I said in the introduction, at least one of two of them, uh, you're a comedian and a podcaster turned professional wrestling personality. So we got a lot of listeners of the WrestleTalk podcast family tuning in. Can you share a little bit more about that journey you've had? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so started out stand-up, you know, because it's just it's an easy form of art to get into, and I thought I was funny at the time, so uh, I had I gave my shot at it and actually did it for a few years, and I found some success doing it and made a lot of good connections, um, and then I've always been a wrestling fan, so eventually I ended up starting a podcast and actually doing less stand-up, and I focused on the podcast with my, my good friend and actually my co-commentator, Stephen Johnson, um, so it was, it was kind of an easy joke. We still did a comedy based podcast we would do really weird things anything from uh vincent man's booking diary where we'd swear we had his diary and we're reading from it um to you know would you rather you know would be a thumbtack match versus savvy or a tables match against the dudleys you know we always kept it still comedy based yeah so comedy to wrestling podcast was a pretty easy jump um and then from there i'd actually known al snow for a little bit he didn't know me uh he killed me in a couple of like low budget horror movies so I, I knew him and had contact information at least. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I'm doing this podcast. You want to do it? And he's like, sure. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to do it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we did the podcast, and it was a lot of fun. And then he invited me to come have a meeting with him uh, a couple of days later, um, based, just based on some conversations we had about ideas of wrestling and what we saw in the, you know, in the lexicon of the bigger world of wrestling. And he liked what I had to say. So a couple of days after that interview, I went in and sat down with Al, and he liked what I had to say. So he was like, yeah, you can. Let's bring you on board. Let's find something creative for you to do. Uh, and truthfully, the first night we were here, Steve and I were seating people, um, and we got yelled at by a bunch of old people. Uh, oh and then after that, we're like, <laughs> we're like, we need to do less out here and more in the back. So we transferred over into like have your backstage production role um, and doing a lot of the pre-tapes you saw um, a couple years ago. Like all the social media, like kind of interviews and things like that that steve and i had our hands in that and i guess we didn't screw it up because al ended up giving us a show after that um and then moved to commentary from there it's been a weird journey everything that's happened has been 
kind of serendipitous of the thing before it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think what's, I mean, you know, comedian, podcasting, and being a personality in professional wrestling, you know, that runs the gamut on all different types of art, you know. And, you know, you definitely, I guess, safest is to say, you've had your way around of, you know, trying all different avenues uh, on your journey in life so far. And I think that's awesome. Uh, what I have to ask you, you know, and it's all, at this point, it's almost like that standard question we ask. But, I mean, it is a wrestling podcast, so what the hell. Um, <laughs> what first connected you to professional wrestling? Oh man, I, I okay. So I've always had as a kid, you you have that general outside knowledge of of wrestling. And when I was growing up, it was the beauty of you couldn't turn around a corner without seeing Hulk Hogan. So I was always aware yeah. of wrestling. I was always, you know, you always liked the classics. You're, I was aware of Macho Man. I was aware of Ultimate Warrior. I was aware of Ric Flair. I was aware of Hogan. Uh, and I was always, I always liked it. But I remember I watched, uh, gosh, I can't remember the WrestleMania number, and I know I'm going to give it to shreds for that. But main event, Steve Austin versus Shawn Michaels. I was at that age. I was thinking I was 14. around 10. And I was like, 14. I was around, I was around <laughs> 10, man. And it just, I remember at 10 just being blown away by this entire show. I mean, the New Age Outlaws versus Cactus Jack and Mick Foley. Uh, I mean, you had The Rock. And if I remember right, it was Triple H at that point. Or it might have been Shamrock. But it just, and then the main event, you know, Stone Cold versus Shawn Michaels. And I was a huge Stone Cold fan already, even though, again, it was peripheral knowledge. But that was just, that was the climate we were in at the time. You could be a fan with peripheral knowledge. Uh, and just and then watching that scene, the whole thing culminate, seeing the story being told, it, it just it was so incredible that I was like, this is it, this is what I I want to watch this, I want to be part of this. This is it, it made me as a ten year old, thousands and thousands of miles away, feel so connected to so many other people I had never met before, and I was like, that's uh, am I allowed to curse on here? No, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll say that's very freaking cool. Uh, I, I just remember being so blown away by it, and then just from that day on, I've been, you know, it, it's been wrestling. I've I've loved the sport ever since then. You know, it's amazing you brought up uh, Cactus Jack because for those uh, watching live, I got the Cactus Jack shirt, <laughs> the one that yeah. live one on right now. <laughs> Actually, I have a signed uh, version of that shirt because one of them in my comedy oh, days. I would love to get this one signed one day. Oh, man. Well, well, we got to book him for a comedy show. That's how I got it. <laughs> okay. Well, that'd he, but, be a great way to uh, get it. He's always making those appearances, so you got you got it set right there. <laughs> he, well, man, it was uh -huh. actually really cool. So I we booked Mick, and this is when I was at Comedy Caravan, and we booked Mick Foley for the show. It was one of my independent projects. And he came in, and I remember he texted me and said, I'm here. Come meet me in the parking lot. I was like, Okay. So I come out, and I didn't see him, and then I looked over, and there's this Girl Scouts cookie stand, uh, and he is just talking to these two little girls. They have no idea who he is. They don't understand the magnitude of who they're talking to, he's, but he's just being so sweet to them and humoring them and talking to them, and then I finally woke over, and I'm like, oh, Mr. Foley, he's like, okay, I got it. He's like, well, girls, tell you what. What's not selling well? And it's like some raspberry shortbread thing and something else. He goes, okay, I'll buy every single box. Bought every single box. We handed them to me. Said, "Okay, I know there's gonna be a line for this meet and greet. I want to make sure people have snacks or something in the way. So if you can just line the meet and greet with these cookies and make sure everyone's having a good time." And that immediately showed me how cool of a person Mick Foley was. It was he was being so nice to those girls. He was already thinking about his fans. That really shined a light on the kind of person he was. You know? Yeah, absolutely. 
And you know what? Haas, I'm gonna let you take over for a little bit because I know you you were telling me before the show you have so much you wanted to ask them. You were getting so excited about this interview, so the floor is yours, my friend. Well, you you've already gone over one of the questions I had because I was gonna ask you about your uh your interview with Al Snow when you were a podcaster, but you know, you you've already hit that one. But uh when you when you actually uh, well, did I, go I, over I can okay. tell you a little bit about that, though, that, that I did okay. that, and, that and, and it's something I honestly didn't know until about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, so, Al, if you meet me, I try to be a pretty jovial person. I'm pretty much who you see on TV, only uh, mild and tamer and less arrogant. Uh, I try to be nice to everybody. So, Al, when he met me, and Steve, who kind of comes as a package deal because we've been best friends for years and you know we're, we're co-hosts, he thought we were uh, a couple. He thought we were dating because you've seen Steve with his shirts all flowerly unbuttoned and me all cardiganed and uh, nice. And so Al went for the good first month and a half, two months of us being here thinking we were a couple. <laughs> so, which is which is fine. I mean, I, I I'm flattered. I guess Steve's a good looking guy, and so I mean, I guess that that means something. I'm kind of good looking. I guess I don't know. <laughs> so that's yeah. something you got out of the podcast story that I didn't say earlier. <laughs> yeah. It, and and I've actually met Al uh, once myself. It was actually at a uh, WWE show at an amusement park. I'm actually from Virginia, uh, called King's Dominion. And he was actually on a ride called Outer Limits that I was on. And we actually met him as we got off of the ride. And he, he was a pretty cool guy. And actually that same day we got to meet Al Snow. I mean, uh, sorry, I got to meet Mick Foley. Um, which was pretty neat too, because everybody kept staying around staring at poor Mick, and nobody would go up and say anything to him. And uh, me and my sister were pretty bold, so we just walked up and said, "Hi, Mr. Foley, nice to meet you." And everybody's staring at us like, "How could they do that?" And he's like, "You know, I'm glad y'all said something. I'm feeling like a leper sitting over here. Everybody's staring at me." <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I could see so the camera be off, but actually, I remember seeing because you know Al has lived in Louisville for a while. I remember years ago seeing Al at a Kidoba, eating a burrito and having a thirty-minute like introspective thing. Like, do I say something? He's eating. I'll leave him alone. But maybe I say something now because it's the best time to He's pretty docile. <laughs> and I brought that up to him before. He's like, "I'm glad you wouldn't have." I, he's like, "If I didn't know you, I wouldn't like the look of you." That's fair. That's I get that a lot. He was actually going to ride a roller coaster with my sister, but then unfortunately, his security detail took him off. So. <laughs> Oh, that, didn't that. that would have been a good story. <laughs> but uh, well, but yeah, when you actually went over to OVW, uh, as you mentioned, you went with your partner in your podcast, Steve Johnson. Uh, so what were your first days at OVW like? <laughs> oh, uh, man, it was – until you're behind the curtain, you don't know what it's like behind the curtain. And we – it was an education. Like I said, our first day there, we were seating people because we – there's just so much going on, you don't know – what to jump into um and al's been very gracious to let us do pretty much whatever we wanted um and that's been great but the first day man we didn't have any sense of ownership we were terrified we were seeing these jacked up dudes just taking off their clothes in front of each other we're just feeling insecure and then there's ladies walking around getting dressed and we're just like this is this is not the world we were ready for we weren't we we thought we were going to come back and everyone's going to be like in gimmick and you know we're going to see clowns and you know fake chairs and all that kind of stuff it's it's so weird just being backstage because it was it was very eye-opening on how everything actually works um 
Yeah, and, it, and it's kind of fascinating that what really draws us in when we, when we got here, not wasn't the seating, because if we were just seating all night, I can't say we would have came back the next week. Uh, but after seating, it was going back in the production office and hearing how Al is talking to the crew and what we're trying to sell, what's the story, where do things need to go, how is this going to play into this later, how is this going to build properly. Uh, like Just seeing that was like, okay, this is, how, this is where the real magic happens. It's not to say this is where, you know, so being in the heart of the beast, is what was what really enticing on that first day because again, if it was just seating and some dude yelling at me that he paid enough to where he can say wherever he wants, I can't say we would have came back the next week. But it was the magic of being in that production room and being around the brain that is Al Snow. It's uh, that's a lot of fun. And I will say, we were terrified about coming in um, to an unknown world, so we didn't know anybody. Um, and a couple of lucky things were one, uh, Josh Ashcraft was here and uh, I've known Josh Ashcraft for over 10 years and I, somehow we just fell out of contact. So I didn't know he was here. So when I walked in and saw him, that was a huge surprise, but everyone was very nice to us and very open to us being there as newcomers. Um, there wasn't one person who was like, you don't deserve to be here. You don't belong here. Everyone was being very open. Like, welcome to the team. We're a team. As long as you look good, I'll look good. We'll look good. Um, and that was also a big part of it was being welcomed in so strongly by people that I can look back now, like Justin Smooth, Tony Gunn, uh, you know, uh, Adam Revolver, people that I hold in such high esteem now. They were so welcoming when we got here. Like that, that's a huge thing is getting into a new thing is scary, but having that sort of support and a like, team like you right out the gate was, was huge. Sorry. I, I know I, I got rambling there a little bit. I know that's, that's fine. So, um, yeah. and earlier you mentioned, uh, them giving you your own show and everything and early 2020 uh you and steve you all uh became the host of ovw's overdrive program can you describe what it was like to go from being from a podcaster to being on a weekly episode program for oew especially with the lineage that goes along with oew i mean ovw i'm sorry (laughs) Oh, no, man, the weight was never lost on us. Steve and I still look at each other on a regular basis like, do you believe what the F we're doing? I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, to go from comedian to podcaster to – right before Overdrive, too, I was actually Callie Young's manager for the campaign, which is a whole other world. Um, and so to go from that and then I remember we didn't have – the way it actually happens, we didn't have anything ready for the Christmas episode of OVW because everyone was going to be out of town. We don't wrestle that week because we let everybody be with their families. And we're like, what are we going to do? And so Steve and I just kind of like, hey, Al, can we do it? So Al let us run with it. He let us completely run with it. Like on that first Christmas special in 2019, you even see my dog. He let us really run with it, um, and he loved it. And then we did that, the, uh, the the first ever, I think, the OVW award show the week after that where Steve and I hosted. Um, and that was serendipitous because at the time Gilbert Corsi was your main commentator, and he was just out of town, so he couldn't do it. So Steve and I stepped in. Um and and then going into and honestly those were blessings because Overdrive I think started out strong and I'm very proud of what we've done with that show I think it's very entertaining and I I would put it on par with a lot of other wrestling programs as far as entertainment value, um, but that to have the Christmas special and the and the award show beforehand it gave us an opportunity to get comfortable on TV and being able to do small interviews here and there that really prepped us for overdrive um and probably my background in comedy didn't hurt things you know i was able to do improv i was able to do writing i was able to offer a lot to the show before we got there but it was it's a dream come true to say you have your own show and i and i remember because steve and i were doing a commentary for overdrive at the time and we came backstage and alex says goes guys you can't do commentary anymore 
Oh God, what did we do? What have we done? No, 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 no. You're fine. I'm, you're getting your own show. And they explained to us what it was. You open with that. You don't open with you can't do commentary anymore. <laughs> uh, but it's it's been a blessing, man. It, I I honestly can't tell you how blessed I feel to ha- have a show that I adore, that I have so much fun doing, and that I get filmed with my best friend um, and with uh, someone that a gal who I respect a high heaven that I hold in very high regard to heaven there ringside and then a cameraman and editor Daniel Brown who I just Daniel is incredible there's nothing that man can't do so to have this strong team working on the show I love with my best friend like I can't describe a better feeling than that other than getting married to my fiance later this year I love you baby if you're listening but just that feeling is incredible it, I can't explain it again sorry for rambling but <laughs> oh no that's that... <laughs> That's okay. Uh, we we enjoy just listening to uh, what everybody has to say, and you know we enjoy the stories and everything that we're that we hear on here, and it's it's just awesome some of the stuff that we hear. So, Jeremy, I'm sure you got a few more questions here. Why don't why don't I just go ahead and throw it back over to you, buddy? Much appreciated, my friend. Much appreciated. So. Brian, I got to say, you know, we've talked about, you know, and obviously this has been going on for like a year now, so constantly it's been brought up. But, you know, the pandemic has taken its toll on so many industries, business, sports, the work. And one of them is professional wrestling. And so try to take us through kind of how OVW is being affected by the pandemic and also personally for you, how you've been affected by the pandemic. Um, well, well it's, I mean, that's loaded. I mean, yeah, the pandemic hit everybody and it really hit the wrestling industry hard. We're, we're an industry that thrives on having a live audience and that immediate, uh, you know, action response. It, that's kind of like, like comedy. You, you, you tell a joke, someone laughs and in wrestling, you do a move and the crowd reacts. You do a promo, someone reacts. So to take out a very pivotal part, of the show because the, the, the audience is a character of the show themselves was really difficult and i think it took a lot of companies aback and we didn't know exactly what we were going to do i don't think anybody had a concrete plan obviously we don't have millions and billions of dollars to put a bunch of tiny screens in our arena so we're obviously at even further right but you know as paul Heyman's always said you, you hide the uh, weaknesses and you accentuate the strength so what we did have was a ton of old footage we had a, you know archives for years and years and years, so we decided that we had the opportunity to maybe reintroduce our audience to some other, you know, other things, and maybe we give them some OVW history so they have more context for what they're watching now. Which um, so happens uh, right when the pandemic hit, we lost our audiences when we also debuted on national television. Um, so we couldn't just put up an old episode and say, "Here you go." Um, so that's where actually it. Yes, how it well affected my life, but it ended up that Steve and I joined the main show at that point. We were working with Gilbert Corsi and um, Ted McNailer and Shannon the Dude. Uh, we would fill on the main show and do those, and we did a lot of clip shows. And I think we still were able to make entertainment. I think it, it, it's that old adage that when you have a competition, it breeds the best in everybody. When it, I think adversity works the same way. I think we were looking at a hill and we're like, how do we get past this? How are we going to be entertaining? And the answer is because we have to be, so we will be. So we found a way, and I think we, we found threads. For if you go back and watch in these clip shows, there's also a thread between the announce team to have, tell a story the entire time the TV invested. 
Um, I think we got really creative, and honestly, I think we put out some very good work uh, during that time, especially with Overdrive. You know, we got to do a murder mystery. We went looking for people out in the middle of the woods. We did a, a, a murder board, which I'm still very proud of. We did a, an old 1920s can-can sort of thing. It, it forced us to get creative and think outside the box and really rethink what wrestling entertainment can be. Uh, and I think it gave us a better idea of what things we can do moving forward to to differentiate ourselves. Um, but for, for you know, you know, on a more personal level. Uh, the pandemic is is horrible. I mean, it's really affected a lot of people's lives, and it, we've lost a lot of people. And it's something that won't be forgotten anytime soon. But for me, it did my my TV career excelled. So while it it really sucked, I will say that's the one thing that came out of it for me is that I I got more TV time, and I I think in that time, Steve and I grew uh, Al's trust of us because obviously we put each other at the commentary table on live television. He trusts us a little bit. Uh, so I think a big part of those months of being stuck together and just doing these clip shows really helped solidify what he thought of us. Um, and so when Gilbert got promoted at, his, at WDRB and went to their full-time anchor and Steve and I stepped in, I think he was confident that he felt ready that we could that we could do it. And I think a big part of that was having to change the way we do things because of the pandemic and being forced into that situation. Yeah, I mean, and I'm glad that you're still able to you know, make the most of a situation, you know, such as a pandemic that, you know, and it's like, like you said that you you don't have millions of dollars to where you can fill, you know, an entire arena of LED screens, you know, and, you know, every, the indies have especially taken a hit from the pandemic, but, you know, OVW and pretty much the, many others have, you know, made the most of it, and I'm glad that you guys have and are still up and running. That's the most important thing. Well, and we got lucky because we do have a good relationship with the uh, Kentucky Vaccine Wrestling Commission and the governor, and we are able actually to run at a very limited capacity now. So we have welcome live audiences back, which is nice because um, you can't replicate that feeling. It's just not the same. Um, so that has been right. nice, and I'm actually really proud of, a job our staff is doing about keeping everyone distance and doing the seating correctly. It's been very, very important to make sure that people feel comfortable and safe when they come in. I think our, our staff has excelled at making that happen. Well, that's awesome. No. Um, so I wanted to ask you about, you recently joined the pro wrestling report with Dave Harrow on fight TV. Is that correct? Yep. Uh, Dave Hero. Uh, actually that's, that's another one. Um, Al is, stepping in to help with uh, the pro wrestling for a little bit. And um, the other host, uh, he has some other things he's going to be moving on and doing. And so that, that spot opened up. Um, and I've known Dave for about a year and a half now, I guess. And uh, when the opportunity came up, him and Al uh, approached me with it. And I would have been a fool to say no. I've been a fan of pro wrestling report for years. Um, you know, it's, it, it's, that's a big deal. Uh, I was really honored that they would even consider me. Um, and I was like, Al, are you? Is this a rib? Because if I, if you're ribbing me and I post this on social media, I'm really upset with you. <laughs> they 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 assured me that uh, you know it's it's that's a thing, and they're bringing back PWR to Fight TV soon, and I'll be right there next to Dave Hero when they do. Um, it's a matter of time. I, we don't have a relaunch date for it. I know a lot of people are clamoring for it, and I really hope I don't let them down because I think I'm a very different type of host than they had up to this point. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really excited for the challenge, and I I hope Shane Helms doesn't hate me when he's a guest on there. I have a feeling the Hurricane might not like me. 
Well, I mean, that's his. That's a him problem, right? <laughs> no, no, that's a me problem, man. He got a superhero mad at me. That is definitely a me problem. <laughs> uh, I guess. Well, I got before I send over to Hoss, I got to bring it bring up a couple of current events that are going on um, in the world of OVW. So recently, there was a purchase of OVW by a group of investors led by Craig Greenberg and Matt Jones. Is that correct? That is correct. How recently? How recently was that? Um, that's happened within the last couple of weeks. There were talks and you know negotiations, all that sort of stuff prior to that. But that's happened in the last uh, couple of weeks that we've seen this new group of investors come in, um, and they they have some great ideas. They have good intentions. You know, Al's not going anywhere. They realize he's the heart of this place. Um, I think they really have some good ideas for what they want to do with OVW that can really make us competitive. Um, with some of your bigger organizations like we we've expanded ourselves to a national international size at this point like we were on sky in uh, england and scotland now and so we're really starting to get bigger and i think bringing on matt and bringing on uh craig you know craig with his experience with 21c and matt with his ksr experience they they know how to get things done they know how to run a business um so i think they're really going to come in and amp up that side you're going to see a lot more cool partnerships and uh, sponsorships coming out of that and then you're going to see a lot of us be able to shift our focus to the creative side to bring you an even better product. I, I'm really proud of what we're putting out right now. I think we are putting out a great product, but now with more focus on it and even more effort behind it, I think we're going to give the audience an even better product. And a big part of that is due to these new investors coming in and creating an opportunity by handling the side of it that you know before might have been a little, a little uh, tougher to handle. Yeah, it's uh, and it's great that they have a, a bright vision for the future. Um, and you brought we brought up you know, all three of us have talked about Al Snow a lot during the past ten, fifteen or so minutes, and uh, he's still not only in charge of day to day operations, but he's also you know man, you know busy with the Al Snow Wrestling Academy. So you got to hand it to the guy for being able to manage you know so much going on. <laughs> Uh, Uncle Uncle Al's a busy man. Uh, he, he's, I mean, he's producing Overdrive and OVW TV. He's, like you said, he runs ASWA, which is not an easy task. He's going to be producing on BWR. He also has collar and elbow still, and I know he's got a couple other projects in the works. And that's not to even talk about his comic book or the book that he released last year. I'm not trying to put the guy over. He's just very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and you know, I mean, I, it's it's not hard not to put him over, but. Because, like, it goes without saying everything he's done for the industry, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, Hoss, I know you're sitting over there. Really, I'm looking over all these titles that are in Ohio Valley Wrestling. Why don't you help? Why don't you kick us off and take us through some of them? Because there's a lot going through right now. Oh yeah, and when when you talk about the titles, I mean the OV the OVW Southern Tag Team Championships. Yeah, there's a lot of professional wrestlers that held. The uh, the different championships over the past decades, you know, Colt Cabana, um, John Cena, The Miz, uh, just a lot of big names, and the current champions, the Tate twins, Brandon and Brent Tate, they just successfully defended the championship against former champion, the Legacy of Brutality and most recently against the Heat Seekers at Nightmare Rumble 2020. So there's a lot of uh, big names that have held championships there. 
I tell you, and that that seems to be very impressive to me. All the names that have really held them. So oh, yeah. uh, I, 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 oh, sorry guys, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, you... Oh, I, I was just gonna agree with you. Yeah, I mean that's just even scratching the surface of it. I mean, you, know, you got Abyss, you got Brian Pillman Jr. I mean, Jesse Goddard's their current national heavyweight champion. I mean, it's our company has been a who's who, honestly. I mean, we just had uh, Rohit and Ace Austin from Impact going here to go for our Russia Vision Championship. Uh, Madison Rain was just our women's champion, and. I, I she beat me in a women's championship match. That's a whole other conversation. But I mean, the, the names that have been connected to OVW have always been great names. That's why OVW I think is synonymous with greatness. Like a lot, like I would say a good, good sixty, seventy percent of people wrestling today have had some sort of experience with Davis Arena. Have come through the halls, have talked out. Something has happened here, and I, I think that there's a reason for that. We're a mecca. We're at least we're we're a box you gotta check off. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, just as you look through all the different championships and different names, it's just so impressive. You know, the OVW Heavyweight Championship, you know, all the different names that have held that, Cody Rhodes and Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. The Prototype, Matt Morgan, I mean, Bill Dundee. Uh, there's, there's a lot. And then... You know, what's, what's not overlooked, the OVW Rush champion and the new champion. And Brian, you're going to have to back me up just in case I pronounce the name wrong. I'm, I'm just telling you. Hi, Please tell me I got that right. Hi, Zaya. Uh, oh, my God. I knew there was a 50-50 chance. And I, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm pissed. Oh, my God. I was even thinking, I'm like, I got a 50-50 on this one, but. <laughs> Nevertheless, Isaiah won the OVW Rush Championship at Nightmare Rumble 20, 2021 in a seven-person scramble match. Yep, uh, which, yep, that match was requested by William Luce because he's an absolute madman. But uh, actually, I'll give you a little breaking news because uh, we just filmed OVW television. We were live on WBNA. Uh, Isaiah and Lutz went one-on-one for the Rush Division title, and Lutz was able to pick up the victory. I won't spoil exactly what happened for you, but there were some shenanigans that ensued. Uh, but we, Lutz has actually picked that title back up from Isaiah. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm sitting in the parking lot of Davis Arena right now after the show to be able to chat with you guys, and I'm going right back in to film some other stuff. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, and, and we you really know, appreciate you giving us this time. I mean, it's just awesome to be able to talk with people like yourself and Titan and absolutely. Al Snow and yeah, it's just I appreciate it's you guys awesome. having me on. I, I was really stoked when I got the message you guys were asking me on. I really appreciate it. That's why. I, I told Steve as we were getting from the desk, I was like, I got to go outside and do a podcast real quick. He's like, of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like that too. I'm at work sometimes. And, you know, before I was, you know, a host of the show, when, I mean, for years I was a freaking guest on the show, I'd be calling from the parking lot, like, just after work, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm here, you know, night out. What's up, buddy? Just freezing my butt off sometimes. Like, <laughs> I am doing that exact thing. I should, I should have turned on the car, but I want the engine to mess up the uh, the volume. And honestly, I think Steve might just be a little jealous. He's, he's yeah, I, I think that's just a tad bit of jealousy on that one. But you know what? We'll let it slide. Well, you know what? <laughs> so to help you warm up, Hoss, as much as I love doing the intros for it, I really do. I You got to do it this time because I know Brian and I are in for a treat. So. Send it off for us, buddy. What do you got? 
Well, you know, Jeremy was just talking about 50-50 chances and stuff, so it's perfect time to bring in tonight our this week's installment of the world-famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best of two out of three falls. Our contestants tonight are the maestro, Jeremy Carp and the voice of OVW, Brian Kennison, if you are interested in playing for us, Brian. Let's do it. I like a challenge. All right. Well, let's go ahead and hit off this game show music, and then we'll go ahead and finish uh, finish the uh, explanation of the game show. gets old. Oh my gosh. These are the chills. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I just got off a really exciting elevator. That is, right? <laughs> like, I'm telling you, one of my favorite parts of whenever I host a show, one of my favorite parts is being able to introduce it, but I figure, you know, now that I'm going to be competing against you this week, I, I guess I'll leave it to someone else to take over. <laughs> you did a fine job. He did. Okay. He did an amazing job. Okay, in a few minutes, gentlemen, I'll be asking you three questions about a particular professional wrestling topic. When you think you know the answer to the question, shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's game show challenge. In honor of tonight's guest, our Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge category is titled OVW Champion. I will give oh, information no. about three famous professional wrestlers who have held OVW Heavyweight Championship. When you think you know who I'm talking about, please shout out your answer. The first person to win two falls will win tonight's contest. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do this. All right. Question number one. From May to August 2006, this professional wrestler held the OVW Championship. He then went on to win the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. The Intercontinental Championship, the WWE World um, Tag Team CM Punk. No. CM Punk. Bobby Lash. Correct. Oh, was that right? You were correct. Oh, sweet. So question one is on the one. Maestro. All right, good job, Maestro. I'll get you on the next one. <laughs> All right, let's All right. do this. <laughs> question number two. In October 2018 to January 2019, this professional wrestler held the OVW Heavyweight Championship, known for the Monster Ball match in TNA Wrestling. Abyss. Abyss is correct. That was my third guess. (laughs) I didn't have the first two yet, but that was going to be the third one. (laughs) Okay, so we are now tied at one fall apiece. The one who gets this fall will win the game show challenge. This professional wrestler has held the this professional wrestler has held the OVW heavyweight championship on three occasions. He was the manager of Billy and Chuck and three minute warning in Rico Constantino. Rico Constantino is correct. And I believe I heard Brian first on that one. Take that, Maestro. 
Pete. Oh, oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. Go. Congratulations I, I, I on winning okay. the game show challenge. I'm going to give it to him, and I'll tell you why. I'm not going to be like Drake and be an ass about it. I'm going to tell you why, because I will say I said it first, but you know what? He said the full name, and that definitely – I wouldn't have gotten the full name. So I'm definitely – yeah, props. Good job. All right. Let's hit that hey, winner. Yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. And they stay there. Again, I don't I know, think man. I have the swagger or drip to pull these off, guys. I'm not. <laughs> and we appreciate uh, just be, the being the humble victor. There's nothing wrong with that. When Drake's on, then it's all about being the cocky, smug ass. <laughs> oh, you need to see for that. That's who there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put them on on the same show, and shoot, the show would end up going for about three hours. <laughs> yeah, we like to ramble. If you haven't picked up on that. <laughs> well, hey, first off, seriously, congratulations on uh, beating me. It, it's honestly not often I actually do lose, but at the same time, it's actually not often I compete in them. I just love hosting them. So, yeah, congratulations, Brian. Thank you. I mean, I had a bit of an advantage, a home field advantage, if you will, being OVW champions, but I, I appreciate your acceptance <laughs> and your brutal defeat. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I, I, I didn't think I'd see the CM Punk one. Okay, there was no chance I was getting the Abyss one. The CM Punk one, I was pretty confident. Enrico, I just couldn't get the name, the full name. I was just like, well, there goes that. So oh, definitely. I remember, but on top of I remember the, all oh, this, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, was just, I only remembered Abyss because that was when we first started with the company, and we were still doing the podcast, and I was like, you should go ask him to be on the show. Like, okay, so we went asked him to be on the show. He's like, guys, I just finished my match. Why don't you give me a minute? So he walked away all sweating <laughs> and breathing heavy. I look over at Alice laughing at me. I was like, oh, screw you, man. He likes the rib. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, Brian, I don't, I, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been – this has really been fun. Like, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. But thank before you I let you know, I got to yeah. ask you. Where can they? Where can the fans of the Rest of Talk podcast follow uh, you and OVW on social media? Oh, okay, uh, for for OVW at OV Wrestling, uh, we're trying to get away with Ohio, get away from Ohio Valley Wrestling because we're we're less regional now. We're so we're OVW Wrestling, but at OV Wrestling, um, you can find me literally everywhere at Brian Kenniston. I got lucky and was able to snag them for the other Brian Kenniston. He's a construction man down in Texas. I don't like that he steals all the things, but yeah, B R Y A N K E N N I S O N. Awesome, Hoss. You got anything to add? All right. Uh... And just may want to mention the uh, television tapings uh, and everything for OVW. Oh, yeah. I'll mention all the things, man. Uh, if you give me the time, sure. YouTube, make sure you watch, you're watch. subscribed to OVW TV and OVW Overdrive. We put new episodes there every single week. Uh, and if you're in the Louisville area, we do TV tapings every single Tuesday at Davis Arena, 4400 Shepherdsville Road. Go to ovwrestling.com for all the details, tickets on that. And then 
February 6th, we have a big pay-per-view coming up. Tough Love is the first ever LVW Tough Love. Uh, I know what some of the matches are going to be, but I can't spill the beans on them quite yet, but it's going to be an incredible show, and people can get tickets for that at ovwrestling.com as well. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time here with us. Appreciate you uh, making time for us. It's always nice to talk to everybody and hear the stories and everything, and we just look forward to having you on again some other time. Yeah, sure. Be safe. I appreciate it. Be healthy, stay safe, and have a wonderful, wonderful night. You as well, fellas. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you. See ya. Yeah. Man, how... I'm I'm standing by it, Hoss. I I said Rico first, but I'll accept the defeat. That's just damn. That that hurts me, not on a personal level, but just damn. I missed it by that much. <laughs> All right, now don't don't make it start calling you Drake Lee. No, because I'm not calling a conspiracy here. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, nevertheless. Let's be real. Tonight has been an outstanding show. I've I've loved it from start to finish. And you have been an awesome co host filling in. I know we kinda we kinda got you in, kinda gave you the skimmy on things, but you've done amazing and I thank you so much for being on, my friend. Well and thank you for having me. It's a joy to be on episode three twenty nine. And of course we can't forget to uh thank all of our sponsors. You wanna run through those for us? Oh, I want to actually let you do the honors on this one. Because you started the show, I want you to be the one to close it. You did an amazing job filling in while we were figuring out them technical stuff. Oh, boy, throw me on the spot. <laughs> you you now, got this. No, our, our sponsor is I-70 Sports Media. Uh, <laughs> then we have uh, KC... It's not Sports Bar. Uh Help me out, Jeremy. <laughs> all right, I got you. All right. Here we go. We're going to take all the great spots. I wanted to give him the shot. It's okay. He is still my dear friend, and he's kick-ass. Awesome. All right. I'm, I'm still Everything Combat with Jay Hollywood, Jeffrey Wilson, and UFC Hall of Famer Pat Militich. Royal Miles Transportation, the eSports Royal Bar Hill. in Kansas City. King Cade, the Painter's Dream Productions, and, of course, my, you know, my own. Well, not my own. I have some amazing team members at Interstate 70 Sports Mem- at Media. Shit, I got my own name wrong. Interstate 70 Sports Media. Been a long show, folks. <laughs> All right, and don't forget to check us out now on WrestleTalkPodcast.com and uh, we will be back next week for episode 330, and I believe that'll be the Nightmare Jones and Drake Lee hosting, uh, if I'm correct. Depends I on how many so. people break fire. Way, one way or another, I know it ain't gonna be me. I need a I need a week off. <laughs> I think I've been off for like seven right. straight weeks now. All right, until then we will be seeing you. I'm gonna go ahead and close it out with uh Peace and love, everybody. Be well, stay safe by by Titan. I bend to the bottom of the bottle. Told my soul for a dream of every side rose. Bend through the storm, that's why my heart be hollow. Stone dead and gone, but I still hear the sea tomorrow. 